This is Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan, and your host on Ask BBB is Jennifer Matthews, CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. Thanks, Jim, and good morning, everyone. Well, later this morning on the BBB Bulletin Board, we'll look at a recent posting that provides tips on keeping kids safe online. Attracting and retaining employees has become an issue for almost every business and industry. And this morning, we'll explore steps businesses can take to attract employees, as well as things job hunters should look for when choosing a place for employment. Our guests this morning are Amanda Veach, President, and Catherine Englander, Partner Founder of HRP for B, HR Partners for Business. And it's a pleasure to have you both with us this morning. Thank you for having us, Jennifer. Yes, thanks, Jennifer and Jim. We are hearing a lot about shortages within the workforce. And what are your observations as a company that provides human resource services to businesses? Yes, Jennifer, this is certainly a concern affecting every industry coast to coast. And according to Statistics Canada, the unemployment to job vacancy ratio has decreased in every province and is lowest in Quebec and British Columbia. We are finding the five sectors that are predominantly affected by labor shortages are construction, manufacturing, accommodation and food services, healthcare, and retail. The unemployment to job vacancy ratio, or unemployment rate for short, in Canada is at a historical low. Q1 trends show that Canada is at 1.5%, and Ontario is at 1.4% for Canada and 1.5% for Ontario, which is extremely low which means that employers need to think about building the best company culture possible. And we'll be talking about that in a couple of minutes. Have you seen any trends where the expectations of employees, current and incoming, have changed? Yes, we are seeing that job seekers and candidates are more selective and expect different things than before. The power balance between employers and employees has shifted, which makes it essential for employers to develop a compelling employee value proposition, which could include competitive compensation, meaningful benefits, career development opportunities, and flexible work. But winning the competition for talent is more about the culture and the people and not just about the money. Pay is just a starting point. Offering perks that matter is how companies have been one-upping each other. We have seen some pretty creative perks being offered, such as mental health support, uh, family caregiving support, including aging parents, on-site childcare, financial planning coaching, sponsored transportation, and allowances for home office and remote technology. The company culture and leaders of the organization are also in the spotlight. The pandemic has been taught employers that you can't discount how people feel about their jobs, families, and livelihoods. Uh, And the last two and a half years has been a catalyst for changing things that employers maybe knew should have been changed, but lacked the incentive to make that change. So hostile work environment, for example, is no longer being tolerated and employers are resigning because of it. And what are some of the questions that a business owner should ask of an employee to help assure that that person then is a good fit with the company and the culture they're building? Well, some good questions to ask are why did the individual apply for the role? What is their long-term career plan? What do they know about the company? And the employer can talk about work arrangements, uh, work time expectations of working remotely, flexible work arrangements, and commuting. The employer can discuss details of the position to ensure the candidate understands what's expected in the role and paint a clear picture of what this person will be doing and how they contribute to the organization's success. Things an employer should never ask 
are things such as age, marital status, family status, religion, or other affiliations. So you can't say, uh, so you're married, how many kids do you have? That would be something you can't ask. Questions about culture, such as what are your personal core values as a person, the employer asking the employee, and what do you look for and value in a workplace to look for fit? Another good question is what is the worst thing that happened to you at a job and what did you do when it happened? How did you handle it? That gives you a, a look into uh, the kind of stress a person might have experienced at work and how they handled it. As we're building a company culture and things are changing, how important has uh, flexibility in the roles been when we're looking at the pivot to work from home, the hybrid, or the return to office? From a flexibility standpoint, yes, this has been arguably the most desired sought out uh, benefit. We're seeing uh, employees no longer wanting to, to do the long commute or the hustle and bustle in the mornings. And they're seeing that, um, you know, they can do just as good of a job, if not better, working from home without the stress of the external environment getting to and from work. Um, certainly uh, some in-person work is, is good for building culture in team environments, um, but maybe some sort of a hybrid approach would be best. Amanda, Catherine, what are some of the things that uh, people in the hospitality industry or the trades uh, professions can do to attract employees? Um, we are seeing digital marketing and advertising, especially through social media, an upward trend in attracting talent, especially with young and, uh, young and middle-aged talent. So TikTok is the leading social media platform, but isn't always the best place to post a job based on demographic and job title. Um, offering flexible work arrangements where possible is, is arguably the most desired thought out benefit. Uh, showcasing company mission, purpose, and values. Uh, people have a lot of choices these days, and it's therefore important for companies to stay competitive. And highlighting the company's mission, purpose, and values will allow potential future employees to understand your organization's core values before they apply. So equity, diversity, diversity and inclusion, pay equity, and environmentally friendly and sustainability are leading areas of importance to job seekers. Uh, employers can connect with untapped uh, pools. So this could include um, women, especially in STEM. So that stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. The LGBTQS plus BIPOC community, a BIPOC is Black, Indigenous, and people of color. Uh, people with disabilities, veterans, and there are just some of the underutilized talent pools that could be explored. The market has changed so much. It's a, it's a bit of a shock to those of us who've been around for a while, where people were basically readily available. They aren't anymore. The lifespan of a resume is very short. People are getting job offers when they go shopping for shoes and during <laughs> interviews. So, so they're in an interview. And they say, hey, when can you start? This didn't used to happen. The war for talent is fierce and um, it seems to be everywhere. Our guests this morning are Amanda Vetch, the president, and Catherine Englander, the partner founder of HRP for B, HR Partners for Business. And we'll continue our conversation following this short break. Welcome again to Ask BBB. 
with your host, Jennifer Matthews, CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. And our guests this morning are Amanda Vetch, the President, and Catherine Englander, Partner Founder of HRP for B, HR Partners for Business. Before the break, we were talking about questions an employer should ask of a job seeker. But what about the candidates? From an employer's point of view, how should a person prepare for a job interview, Amanda? You know, I'm going to hand this one over to to Catherine. Catherine, what would you say about this one? So from an employee's point of view, how should a person prepare? So if you're on time, you're late. I suggest arriving at least 10 minutes early. That'll give you time to compose yourself. Maybe check your hair in the mirror in the car. If if you're a woman, you might want to redo your lipstick. But if you're if you're late or use a washroom somewhere along the way. So try to be 10 minutes early if possible. You don't want to be more than half an hour early because it looks like you're not totally organized. Make contact. A firm handshake shows confidence. Now, of course, read the person who's interviewing you. If they're not shaking hands, that's okay. We've just come out of a pandemic. Bring at least one copy of your resume. I suggest bringing two, one to keep and one to give the interviewers in case they've lost yours because that happens. Sometimes an employer can't can't find that copy. And if you give them one, it looks like you're very prepared. And if you've got a copy for yourself, you can look at it when they ask questions about places that you have worked. It's nice to bring a notebook with questions you've prepared to ask and you can record the answer. So if you're going to ask if they have benefits, they might say we don't have dental, but we do have massage and you might want to write those things down. Dress Um, business casual is always acceptable. I wouldn't be overdressed, but I would dress to be, to impress the interviewer, clean and neat and business, businessy. Ask for business cards from each of the people interviewing you and send an email, email. And if you're really old school, you could give them a written thank you or, or mail it out. It's acceptable to ask for questions to be repeated during an interview also. If you you didn't hear or it was a long question and it's okay to jot things down, it looks like you're prepared. So those are just a few tips on um, interviews from an employee's perspective. And once the candidate is chosen and confirmed for the hire, what are some of the things that should happen during that onboarding process? Well, one thing we suggest as HR professionals is to use a buddy system. If you've got somebody in the role or in a very similar role who is there, you can pair up the new hire with the buddy. It it gives the individual somebody to lean on with questions and they don't have to keep coming to human resources or to a supervisor. Um, The employer should have a really good plan. Uh, There's nothing like showing up to to a new job and they don't know where you're going. They didn't know you were coming. So as an employer, you want to look very organized. A well-developed plan includes having everything ready, such as tools and software and a workspace before their first day. Have an agenda for the new hire so they know the expectations and the flow of the day. Let existing employees know ahead of time who the new employee is and what their role is in the organization. Don't spring this on employees or the new hire on the first day. In fact, we recently had a a situation in London where uh, all of the employees were angry because they didn't know why the new person was starting. They didn't know what they were doing. So some communication is essential in breaking down the walls between the new employee 
and the people who are existing. Incorporate other team members and managers into the training program, such as payroll, um, the supervisor, and everybody else. Make people feel welcome. You wouldn't expect the new employee to remember any everyone's name, but an organizational chart and photos is a great way to familiarize them quickly and avoid embarrassment. It's really important to do a tour of the building and show where washrooms are, the lunchroom, fire escapes, and generally the health and safety board where there might be um, important policies, pictures of people or names of people who are first aid trained and other important information. Go over the do's and don'ts of the workplace and important policies. Give them clear instructions of who to go to and what situations, such as booking time off, calling in sick, how to get set up with benefits. Try not to overwhelm the person on the first day. As we all know, it's a steep wall of learning. So when you see the person starting to check out or you see that they're overwhelmed, it's time to give them a break. And however you want to do that, what we suggest is going over just a few of the really important things on the first day and letting them get acclimatized to the workplace. Asking them to read and sign off on three policies during each day of the first week, the most important ones first, instead of saying, here's the policy manual, read it and sign off. That's totally unfair. We also prepare um, PowerPoints or videos for new employees so that they don't have to actually do the reading, they can click through the PowerPoint. And for really good retention, check in with the new hire daily, or at least a couple of times in the first week, because this really makes a huge difference to the new person. And continuing on that idea of retention, how important is that from both an operations perspective and from a cost perspective? Well, the cost of turnover is estimated to be between $4,000 and $7,000. When you think about the cost of lost time when that person leaves or overtime, creating ads, looking at resumes, doing interviews, and then onboarding. And, and turnover is not only costly, but it's really disruptive to the organization. Not only do you have to start the hiring process all over, but it diminishes morale. And if people... If you have high turnover, it sends the message that there's something better. Um, there could be knowledge loss over time and burnout from other employees or supervisors and managers if you can't replace the existing employee quickly. High turnover often reflects poor culture and poor leadership and or possibly wages that are too low for what the individual is worth. Turnover is a time for the company to really reflect on why are people leaving. If leadership is the, is the problem, there is training available. We offer training to um, bring leaders up to par. Speaking of your services, are they mostly demanded by smaller businesses that do not have a dedicated HR department? Or does HRP for B also work with existing HR departments in larger companies? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, we predominantly work with small, medium-sized businesses that do not have an HR person or department, but we also complement companies that do have in-house HR. So we can offer custom training, mental health counseling and coaching, salary reviews and benchmarking, employment contracts and help with terminations. We also offer leadership development training and can support with short-term projects, um, 
to help the HR team get through a busy period of time, or if someone needs to go on a leave, we can customize the service to each company's needs. What are some of the current emerging issues that you are being called on to address? Yeah, so earlier this year, we did have a lot of revamping and creating of employee handbooks. Uh, Come the springtime, around the time when a lot of companies were starting to return back to work, sadly, a lot of harassment investigations, mental health crisis, and employee coaching and counseling. Uh, More recently, we are seeing a lot of salary reviews and benchmarking, hiring support, and recruitment campaigns. And for the later part of the year, we are scheduled to do a lot of leadership and professional development training and customized in-house training, so such as customer service, personality dimensions, strategic planning, and respect in the workplace, just just to name a few. Well, Catherine and Amanda, I want to thank you so much for sharing your expertise this morning on how we can make our companies grow and retain the people that we have with us right now. Thank you for having us today. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you very much. You're listening to Ask BBB, and our guests this morning were Amanda Vetch, President, and Catherine Englander, Partner Founder of HRP for B, HR Partners for Business, an accredited business with an A-plus rating, displaying the BBB seal, the sign of a better business. Look them up in the directory at bbb.org, where you'll also find back-to-school internet safety tips, and we'll talk about those in just a moment. Welcome to this final portion of Ask BBB with Jennifer Matthews, CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. And it's time to check the BBB Bulletin Board. Staying informed is staying safe. And this morning's Bulletin Board looks at keeping your children safe online. Tips to keep them safe and to avoid being easy targets for online scammers. And I think, Jennifer, the headline on this article really sums it up. Yes, it does. It reads, Parents, be careful. If your child has their own device, supervise it. Know what sites they're visiting and what accounts they may have created. Some kids will create a birth date to meet minimum age requirements. And be wary of contests and giveaways. They can collect a lot of information that can lead to identity theft. So make sure your child doesn't have access to a banking or credit card information. Also make your child aware of phishing schemes. As adults, we get spam and junk mail, and so do kids, and they may be more inclined to click on the links or to answer the questions that are designed to gather personal information that can be used to access your accounts, or they may be lured into a purchase that you won't know about until you get the bill at the end of the month. I guess both kids and adults need to remember, before you click, is it a trick? And as we know, there are a lot of tricks up the scammer's sleeves. Check out the apps your children are using. Even free apps may have paid features and they may be gathering information for targeted marketing. So parents need to do a little homework on some of these apps. Read the agreement and how they will use any information that they gather about you. Yes, and speaking of homework, the internet is a great source for research. You can find articles on just about anything, but before downloading any media like a PDF file or a video or a photo, check the source and the site. Some of these sites come with the risk of downloading a virus that could allow the cyber thief to track financial transactions, physical location, or even tap into the household Wi-Fi without anyone knowing. I'm beginning to see that there's a fair bit of homework for parents to help their kids keep safe online. 
Yes, and as you review this article, keep in mind that BBB is an international organization with offices in the U.S. and right across Canada. When it comes to the internet, there are no borders, but some of the laws and regulations do differ. For instance, the article refers to the Children's Advertising Review Unit, and that is a U.S. regulatory body. Here in Canada, we have one of the strongest frameworks in the world for regulating advertising directed to children under 12 years of age. And all commercials have met the broadcast code for advertising to children. Each commercial is reviewed by a committee that includes industry and parent representatives. And that can be a good comfort to parents. And as well, we'd like to point parents to the Canadian Centre for Child Protection. You'll find tips and resources to support online safety, as well as other situations regarding children's safety. Once on the site, use the search field and look for online safety. We've just touched on some of the highlights of the information you'll find in the BBB article. It is well worth the time to help keep your children safe. And you'll find this information that we feature on the BBB Bulletin Board under the latest news tab at bbb.org. And Jennifer, that's our time for Ask BBB this morning. If you have any comments on what you've heard on today's program, we'd love to hear from you. And if there's a subject you'd like us to include, let us know. You can contact us at hashtag AskBBB and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jennifer Matthews. And I'm Jim Swan. Remember, always look for the BBB seal. It's the sign of a better business. Music.